Pills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. I am your host, and we are a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. Uh, I've got three segments for you guys today. The third one is going to be talking about the upcoming playoff game against the New England Patriots, the third th- film, the third film in the trilogy between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Second segment, I'm going to talk briefly about Buffalo Bills' win over the New York Jets. But, however, the first segment, talk a little NFL news in general. If you don't know, Monday was referred to as Black Monday because that is the day where everybody gets fired in the NFL, who who, who the owner thinks deserves to be fired, coaches, GMs. And while, obviously, the Buffalo Bills are not participating in that, they will be participating in the playoffs it still affects the Buffalo Bills because Joe Shane, Leslie Frazier, and Brian Dable are all been mentioned um, in the searches, whether it's the GM search or the coaching search. So real quickly, I will go through the teams that have openings as of this time. I'm recording this late Tuesday night. So here we go. Let's take a look at the openings. Obviously, there are a few that we already knew about because the teams took advantage uh, and fired their coach early. Let's go through some of those first. The Raiders are officially looking for a head coach. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to be retaining their GM, Mike Mayock. Uh, Leslie Frazier, I believe, has been reported for um, an interview for this job. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that they're on the list because they're in the playoffs, right? So they have an interim coach. We're all assuming that there's going to be a search at the end of the year. That that they that they may just keep their interim coach. I don't know, but but technically speaking, the Raiders' job is available. It is one of the head coaching jobs available. Uh, next up is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who smartly fired Urban Meyer. It appears as though they are keeping their GM Trent Balky, who doesn't maybe have the greatest reputation. Uh, he has a reputation for a lot of sort of behind-the-scenes politicking. But nonetheless, the Jaguars' job is open. It's a chance for somebody to come in, work with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, they have Travis Etienne. They have defensive Josh Allen. So the Jaguars, I think, are a team. Certainly, there's some talent there. The owner, Shad Khan, is extremely loyal, extremely patient. So that might be an interesting job um, for some people. And then next up, we have... The Vikings job. Now, the Vikings job is a case where they fired the coach and the GM, which I believe is the right way to go. Let let your coach bring in the GM that they want or, you know, the, the GM bring the coach that they want. It, you see all the time these guys who, who the coach gets fired, but they, they or the GM gets fired, right? They bring in a new GM. They keep the coach, and then next year the guy just fires the coach. Well, what's the point of that? Just fire them both. Let them start fresh. It obviously worked in Buffalo. And, and you're looking at some Buffalo guys like Dable and Frazier. I would imagine that that's a situation that they want. So the Vikings almost made the playoffs. They have, once again, they have a lot of talent. Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Their defense is pretty good too. So, so whoever's going to take that job is going to step into a pretty good job with a lot of talent. Obviously, quarterback is a question. What do you do with Kirk Cousins? But that's a pretty attractive job. The Broncos brought in a general manager. Like I was saying, the Broncos brought in a general manager last year, and then he fired the coach this year. That's an interesting job. Probably the best job available right now is the Broncos' job. They have tons of talent. The only thing they're really missing is the quarterback. 
which, you know, speculation is that they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. So whoever goes to this job inherits a team with a ton of talent, a young GM, and a seeming willingness to trade for a veteran quarterback. So Broncos are probably the best job on the market right now. We have the Chicago Bears, a train wreck of a franchise. They fired their coach and their GM. Good for them. Um, they have some issues in their ownership group. I'll go into that more detail in my other podcast. I have an NFL podcast. I'll go into that in more detail. But the Bears job, maybe not the most attractive, although Leslie Frazier has been linked to that job as well. And the New York football giants. Wait, wait, what, what? I mean the New Jersey football giants fired their coach. Their GM is finger quotes retiring. They already said they want to talk to Joe Shane. So this is certainly, I don't know how attractive it is. (laughs) I think they have some pretty good defensive talent, some talent offensively. They have to figure out the quarterback spot, but how many people really want to go into that market with that scrutiny, with that much impatience from the fan base, the media? One of the problems of the New York market to me is that the fans and the media never let you rebuild because they're always pressuring you and pressuring you. Nonetheless, those jobs are available. And maybe the surprise job available is the Dolphins' job. The Dolphins have fired Brian Flores. Reports of a power struggle between him and Chris Greer, the GM. Chris Greer has worked uh, for the Miami Dolphins for like two decades. He wasn't going to lose that power struggle. Some stuff has come out about Brian Flores, about how he treats people, and how he's kind of, for lack of a better word, I have my own NFL podcast. It is called the Trust the Process football podcast or TTP football podcast. If you like, you can find it on Spotify, most of the other uh, big platforms. It is not on Apple Podcasts yet, but I will be going into all the playoff matchups on the next episode of that, which I'm going to be dropping tomorrow, January 13th. So if you want my insights, much more detailed insights, Black Monday and all of the other things involved in the NFL, like the playoff matchups, go over there, take a listen. Now, let's get into a what we're really here for, talk about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills defeated the New York Jets by a score of 27-10 to 10 last Sunday, and it was not the greatest game ever. You know, the Buffalo Bills seemed to sort of forget that they were there to win a football game and to play a, fo- and to play a football game in the second and third quarter, a really weird game for me. Just a lot of sputtering on offense. The defense, of course, played fantastic. One of the most incredible performances by a defense, and I understand it's the Jets, right? And everyone's everyone who, on every podcast is, is qualifying this, and you kind of have to, right? Like, it's the Jets. They had a bunch of guys hurt, so how good is the talent? But nonetheless, the Buffalo Bills defense held the New York Jets to 53 total yards, a fantastic performance, nine sacks, A great job by the defensive line. A great job by everybody. The Jets were 1 for 14 on third down conversions. Just They were just all over Zach Wilson, all over the Jets. Great to see. On the other side of the ball, the Buffalo Bills did not play, clearly did not play their best game. Some, I don't want to say serious issues. I mean, Josh Allen ended up with 254 yards, two touchdowns, but it was pretty sloppy. You know, going 25 for 46 is, you know, that's like a 57% completion percentage. And they looked out of sync. A lot of the Bills trying to beat themselves again in this game, which it just seems to kind of be their, their MO sometimes. They just they just try to beat themselves, and it's 
it's it's frustrating to watch. I'm I'm sure if you went back and really looked at how many drops and and how many drop touchdowns and silly penalties, it, you you could you could be there a long day and make a pretty long list. Hopefully this is out of their system. Hopefully now that they're headed to the playoffs, this will not continue anymore. They'll I don't know what they have to do, whether they have to sharpen up their focus something, but this whole we're going to try to beat ourselves thing, I hope this was the last day we'll see this. Uh, a great day by Devin Singletary, 19 attempts, 88 yards, a touchdown, two receptions, 24 yards, a touchdown. I've said this, I think I said this last week, I'll say it again. I'm perfectly fine with Devin Singletary being RB1 going forward next year. However, I would like to get a guy in the draft who's maybe a little bigger, a little faster as as a as a, you know, RB2 for him, a guy like Kyron Williams from Notre Dame who I think is just fantastic in blitz pickup. There was somebody who who posted some uh, videos of Kyron Williams picking up blitzes and he just looked, I mean, he was like laying guys out. Like guys were coming on the blitz and he was pancaking these guys. And Kyron Williams is like 5'9", like 185. And he was like destroying these guys coming on the blitz on blitz pickups. So he's a guy who takes, you know, pass protection very seriously. Uh, obviously, he's a highly rated player by all the draft analysts out there. I'd love to have him as a one-two punch with Devin Singletary. But Devin Singletary has really taken the bull by the horns. Going into this year, I didn't want Devin Singletary. I didn't like Devin Singletary, and I definitely no way that I thought that they should resign him to any any kind of a contract. But now we're getting into that spot, and I'd be okay with a contract extension, depending obviously what the money is like. But Devin Singletary has played great the last five or six weeks, I guess we could say at this point. Stephon Diggs got nine catches, 81 yards, a touchdown. He got his uh, his incentives and all that stuff. Dawson Knox had another strong game, three receptions, 49 yards. I mean, Dawson Knox has just really come into his own. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in these playoffs. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him next year. And speaking about the playoffs, let's talk about the game upcoming this Saturday night. 8:15. It is going to be super cold, a high of nine degrees, a low of one degree, and no, there's no way in you know what that I'm going to that game. And I am a big proponent of not building a dome. And I know you're gonna be like, well, that's hypocritical. It's not hypocritical. You don't have to go. Just don't go. I'm not going. And I know the argument is, well, Josh Allen this and Josh Allen that. Look, they drafted Josh Allen because of his strong arm, man. That's what he's drafted for. The new stadium isn't going to have a dome, so there's no point even talking about it anymore. But let's talk about Return of the Jedi on Saturday, the third game in the New England Patriots-Buffalo Bills trilogy. I don't know how to feel about this game. I certainly didn't want to see the Colts in the playoffs, and they're not in the playoffs, so I'm happy about that. New England is a team, to me, that does a lot of things that Buffalo's not great at. Um, I, I think Buffalo is a team that can still get out physical at times, and I understand that Bills maybe on a yards per carry basis are very good against the run, but the Bills still let up these big runs from time to time, and the Patriots are cer- certainly capable of that. I think Mac Jones, you know, Mac Jones is... People are all mad at the media because Mac Jones has been what people think is overhyped. I don't know if he's overhyped. I think that the basics of New England's system, even with Tom Brady, I'm going to say this right now, 
Tom Brady did not have the strongest arm. He didn't. If you go back and really watch him, he did not have a strong arm. There were times where, yes, he has Randy Moss, and he literally is leaning back so the most of his body is parallel to the ground, and he's throwing up these moon shots that look like rainbows in order to get to get Randy Moss the ball. He is not throwing rockets like Josh Allen, so he doesn't have the strongest arm. The Patriots system is built on... Quick passes, short passes, passes to the running backs, screens, slants, and yeah, the occasional right, the occasional pass to, to Gronkowski 20 yards downfield. These are all things Mac Jones can do. What made Brady great was his ability to read the play, his ability to read the leverage, his ability to put the ball where it's necessary, his ability to manipulate the defense. And you see some of that with Mac Jones. I get why the media is excited because you got rid of Brady, you were terrible, then you got this guy and he seems to, he seemingly has come in and I wouldn't say they haven't missed a beat, but it's close. It's close. Now, does he have the experience of Tom Brady? Of course not. I'm not saying that Mac Jones has 15 years experience of reading NFL defense. That's not what I'm saying, but his skill set fits what they want to do offensively perfectly Tom Brady all the losses the Bills took Tom Brady did not beat the Buffalo Bills by throwing 25 yard passes on every play I went back and I watched the game and I think it's the Leotis McKelvin fumble game this is with Randy Moss on the team and I charted Tom Brady's throws do you know how many of them were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, or Wes Welker, or Julian Edelman on one of those little drag routes? Or his passes, remember his passes to James White? And James White somehow would get the six yards needed for the first down? He's throwing him the ball in the backfield, and James White manages to sneak through, gets past Aaron Mabin's tackle and all that crazy crap? That's the Patriots thing. That's what Mac Jones is good at. So I understand that he's a rookie. I understand he's not Tom Brady. But I'm saying, like, I get why the media is gravitating towards that. So what do I expect on Saturday night? Well, I'm expecting the Buffalo Bills, the real Buffalo Bills, to show up. I'm expecting Brian Dable not to wait until the third or fourth quarter to decide that it's time to run some of those jet motion stuff. Um, Emmanuel Sanders will be healthy. So going to the four, you know, the 11 personnel, the 10 personnel, I think will be very beneficial. I'm expecting a big game from Devin Singletary and Josh Allen on the ground because the Patriots' run defense is not good. Not good at all. I'm expecting a fairly decent game from Dawson Knox. And I fully expect the Buffalo Bills to shut down the New England Patriots. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots aren't going to score. That's not what I'm saying. This is a playoff game. They're a playoff team. But I expect that the Buffalo Bills will limit the New England Patriots' ability to do things very severely. I think that Devin Singletary is going to go for over 100 yards on the ground. And I think Josh Allen is going to go for 100 yards on the ground or more. So this might be a game where you have you know, Josh Allen with 200 passing yards, 230 passing yards, and you've got the Buffalo Bills with maybe 230 rushing yards or 200 y- rushing yards. I think you're going to see a lot of work on the ground. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie may get some carries. 
that that's going to be this type of a game, I think, not because of the weather, because that's what the Patriots are weakest at. They're weakest at run defense. And we've seen that when Brian Dable adds in these jet motions, when Brian Dable adds in these designed runs for Josh Allen, the offensive line is humming. We've got Devin Singletary being more involved. It becomes a you know, a beautiful symphony on offense. Certainly, if the Buffalo Bills are peaking, they they certainly are peaking at the right time. I don't know how many sacks the Bills' defense is going to get because the Patriots' offensive line is pretty good, but I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. They are going to move to the next round, and I'm going to say that the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the New England Patriots by a score of 24-2. 13. That is it for me, everybody. I would like to thank you again for listening. I would also like to encourage you to take the time to subscribe to this podcast or this podcast network. This is the Built in Buffalo podcast network. I encourage you to check out all the other great podcasts that we have on the network. I encourage you to check out the YouTube channel. The guys over there on the YouTube channel are killing it. You may see me pop up on the YouTube channel on occasion. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it, we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and a review. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on Black Monday, all the coaching and GM changes, as well as all the playoff games, you can find that on the Trust the Process football podcast. That episode will be dropping tomorrow January 13th in your podcast feed. Thank you for listening. And as always, Bills Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset and trust the process.